Welcome to We Got Goals, a podcast by asweatlife.com, on which we talk to high achievers about their goals. I'm Gina Anderson-Cohen. With me, I have Maggie Umberger and Kristen Guile. Good morning, Gina. Good morning, Gina. Good morning. Uh, and Kristen, you did the interview this week with Molly, who is the driving force behind the assembly out of San Francisco, right? Yes. So I talked to Molly Goodson, and she is co-founder and CEO of the Assembly, which is in San Francisco in their mission district. And you could sort of think of it as a women's only clubhouse, similar to the Wing or even a WeWork as a co-working space, but with much more of a focus on health and wellness. So they have a studio. They're always bringing in new uh, wellness treatments and brands and really trying to help women get a little bit of everything done in a space away from home that feels a lot like home. That is so cool. Did you get to talk to Molly about her inspiration for wanting to create this outlet for women? Yes. So Molly came up with the assembly. Uh, she was working remotely and she was striking out at co-working places because they all just felt like a little bit too much, she said. Uh, coffee shops didn't want her hanging around all day. And at the same time, she was wanting to take workout classes with friends as a way of, you know, socializing and catching up. But afterwards, there'd be nowhere for them to hang out and talk. Uh, if you've been to studios, you know that a lot of them are short on space. And they would have to actually go to a different location and then, you know, shower and change. Um so she realized that there was a space for women to want to hang out all day together and get work done with a focus on health and wellness. So that is what she was using as inspiration behind the assembly. And what's really incredible is that Molly and her team help people set and achieve big goals themselves. So not only are we talking to a goal getter, we're talking to a goal getter who inspires other goal getters and relationships are really important to them. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So one of the questions I wanted to make sure to ask Molly was how she saw the physical space and design of the assembly of like how it helps her members achieve goals. And she immediately talked about how they are able to help their members achieve goals in three areas, in fitness, in their professional lives, and in their social lives. And uh, I won't recap all of them because you guys can listen to the interview, but I loved that she talked specifically about having strong social ties as a goal that's just as important as you know getting stronger in a new workout class or is getting a professional promotion. Um, and I think that's something that we believe here at A Sweat Life a lot, too, is the importance of building connections as adults. So I loved hearing her talk about that. Really, everything is better with friends. And I think we can agree that Molly is our new friend, right, Kristen? Oh, yeah. I told her uh, on the podcast that I'm going to move to San Francisco and work out of the assembly. So I guess this is me telling you that now, too. <laughs> Well, I don't want to lose you, so you can work remote. <laughs> Here is Kristen with Molly. Welcome to We Got Goals. My name is Kristen, and today I am talking with Molly Goodson, who is CEO and co-founder of The Assembly in San Francisco. Molly, how are you doing today? I am doing great. It's a sunny day in San Francisco. 
That seems like a rare occurrence. Am I right? <laughs> well, it depends on where you are. It's a city of microclimate. So actually, um, where the assembly is in the mission, it is always sunny, I say. Um, it, is, it is usually pretty sunny. We have a nice little backyard that um, members like to hang out and work in. and it's, It stays pretty warm, actually. So um, not where I live in San Francisco. Where I live, it's often foggy. But where I play, it is often sunny. So I'm super excited to talk to you today. Ever since we got connected through Gina, I have been following the assembly on Instagram and just soaking in all of the good aesthetics and all of the images of women hanging out and helping each other and getting shit done. So for people who may not know, uh, could you describe what the assembly is for us? Yeah, for sure. Um, The Assembly is a community space focused on women's health and wellness that uh, I opened with my co-founder here in San Francisco in January of 2018. You know, location number one is housed in a 7,000 square foot um, restored church building. And, uh, you know, upstairs is what we call the clubhouse. It's a place for women to get together, do some work, meet each other, find friends. And downstairs is a studio, which is really the heart of the space where we have classes ranging from high intensity to dance to mobility. Um, And we bring in visiting instructors and just try to make the act of taking care of yourself, of prioritizing your own self-wellness and fitness, something that's really easy for women to do. And so we wanted to, you know, I always say that it's sort of, for me, it's like what the dream gym would be like, where it's not just a bunch of machines. It's, you know, classes that are about acupuncture and Reiki and Ayurvedic healing and entrepreneurship. And then also classes where you can sweat and, and do the fitness side of things all within a beautiful space. So not an easy one-liner kind of thing, but um but it's something that uh, that I believe a lot of women are looking for. And I was really interested when I heard about the assembly because unlike many other clubhouses and co-working spaces that you might put in a similar group, uh, the assembly specifically focuses on health and wellness first. So why was that so important to you and your co-founder? Yeah, I mean, you know, I spent most of my um, career before this uh, in the women's media space. So I worked at a company out in San Francisco called Pop Sugar for um, almost a decade and sort of have just sort of lived and breathed the way that we sort of talk to and market things to women, especially in the health and wellness realm. Also, you know, in that time that I worked there, sort of from my 20s into my 30s, you know, I went through some like pretty drastic changes in the way that I think about health and wellness and sort of like all of those pieces coming together for me um, was something that I thought about a lot. And I think for an entire generation of women, you know, that we are a part of health and wellness is not, you know, grinding away 20 minutes on an elliptical machine. It's a lifestyle. It's something that we do every day. It, it sort of is a piece of all the decisions that we make in sort of how we build our careers, how we socialize the things we like to do in our free time, definitely where we spend our money. And I think there wasn't anyone sort of looking at that conversation holistically, I think of it a lot as sort of like a living magazine where you take sort of, you know, a a women's health and wellness magazine and inside the pages of that, you're talking about makeup and you're talking about fashion and you're talking about wellness and you're meeting incredible personalities in the space and sort of bringing all of those pieces to life in one space. I didn't see happening. You know, I think certainly it's a place where, you know, members come here and work every single day. We've got women building businesses and building connections and doing those sorts of things. And I don't think that you need to have a picture of entrepreneurship that looks has to look like you grinding away 12 hours on your computer every day in a dark room, even though that's like the narrative that we're fed, you know, entrepreneurship can look like being in a place where you sit for a couple hours and answer emails and then stand up and talk to someone sitting next to you who's building something else. 
and then going downstairs and taking a class and then sitting outside in the backyard and actually getting some fresh air in the middle of the day. Like there is a healthier way to be an entrepreneur. And we, we really want to create space for that. And, you know, really for all, for all women who are just, you know, doing, you know, being little CEOs of their own health and wellness life and sort of putting together the pieces of it um, that makes sense for them. That really resonates with us, especially at a sweat life, because we, our website originally started out as just studio reviews. So just going to classes and rating them on a scale of one to five. And now it's really grown to encompass living your whole life and your best life using fitness as a catalyst, but recognizing that, you know, some of the best moments of your day don't necessarily happen inside a gym, but they might happen because of the motivation or the community or the empowerment that you found inside that fitness space. Yeah. And I also, you know, felt that as I was getting older and, and that, you know, health and fitness was becoming something that I, I made a point to prioritize, to prioritize because I enjoy it because I like the way it makes me feel. And also like truly it is probably the biggest thing I do on a daily basis for my mental health. But I would sort of go to classes with friends and, you know, we'd make a plan and I, you know, don't see everyone I love to see all that often. And you'd go to class and then afterwards there was like nowhere for you to even sit down and have a conversation and you're sweating and you're cold and you're sort of like, okay, great to see you. And you say goodbye. And like, that's what socializing is. And I was like, there has to be a way that we can like sit and actually have a conversation afterwards. That doesn't necessarily mean like going to a bar um, because you know, that like works and sometimes or sometimes doesn't work. And you could just like sit down at a table after taking an amazing class in that, you know, on a Tuesday evening and just make it really, really easy for women to do that aspect of it, to actually like have the conversations, make the connections, talk to their actual friends, um, while also sort of incorporating the, the wellness stuff in it as well. And, you know, hopefully building some really incredible classes uh, in the meantime. So when did you realize that there was a need for a place like the assembly? What was your sort of aha moment in propelling you to move forward with this plan? Well, it was sort of two things um, sort of simultaneously. You know, one was that when I uh, when I left my, my job in the media world, I knew I had this sort of like nagging thought in my head just sort of about this idea, this whole topic of, of changing the way we sort of speak about, about health and wellness and how do you actually build community into a topic that a lot of people throw the word around in and sort of seeing like getting, seeing some inspiration in the way that some other sort of places built actual, you know, relationships within health and wellness and, you know, I, I was like, there has to be a different way, like a new way to do that. But, you know, for the first two years that I was doing that, I actually built it. And I thought that like the right way to do that might be to build it in an app. So, you know, my same co-founder and I had here. So we spent two years sort of like doing the full tech scene world thing, like built an app. It was small group coaching for health and wellness. And, you know, realized sort of the process of doing that, that like that actually didn't feel like the right way to create this for us. I felt like there was really, you know, a need to to take this offline, to take it away from our phones, to have it be a place where you're not staring at your phone all the time, because I think we're just sort of scratching the the surface of um, the detrimental effects that these phones have on us. Mm -hmm. And um, so that was sort of like the one piece of it. The other piece is that as I was winding down um, my work on this app, I was for the first time in my life, like didn't have an office to go to every day. And so I would just walk around like trying out studios, always trying out new classes, but then also like trying to find a place to sit down and just like do a little bit of work and coffee shops really by and large these days aren't really made. That's not the business that they want. They don't want you to sit down that long. Like oftentimes they don't have outlets. They don't have Wi-Fi that they want to give you and co-working spaces just all felt like too like heavy, like too much. Like I don't need a printer and I don't need you to get my mail. And, 
you know, I don't need you to have something written on the wall. That's like, you know, grind until you make it. Like if you try hard enough, it's something you love. It like will work. Like I don't buy those messages. I don't believe those messages. I think there's a lot of path to success and a lot of paths that, you know, teach you along the way that the thing that you might be trying out might not be working. Like all of those narratives exist. And um, so I don't know. I felt like all the co-working spaces that I went and looked at just it felt a little icky to me, definitely felt masculine to me. So those were sort of the pieces that I started putting together. And then really the third element was thinking about all of the different things that I was reading about, like in magazines, on websites that I was curious about trying things like, you know, acupuncture and cupping and Reiki and Ayurvedic healing and, you know, myofascial release, like all of that stuff you read about, but like actually going out and finding all of those different things to try out is a lot of work. Um, and so really thinking like, okay, if I'm taking these two elements of like a studio, a fitness studio and sort of a collaborative workspace, and then on top of that, can the third element be bringing in practitioners to allow you to really try those things out, see if they work for you, see if there's something you want to like build into your life in a practitioner sense. So I want to come back to what you've said just now about the care that you put into programming at the assembly and also the physical space that you guys occupy in the mission. But before I get too far, I want to make sure that I ask you one of the two big questions we ask everybody who comes on our podcast. And that is, what is a big goal you've had in the past? And why was it important to you? And how did you get there? You know, I think a, a big goal, you know, a big goal for me, of course, was was making this, um, this vision of a space into a reality. Um, and I think that sometimes the thing about goals is that, you know, it's, it's, I always remind myself of the quote that, um, that is sort of like you, you overestimate what you can do in a day, but you underestimate what you can do in a year. And that sort of goes for any two periods of time. You can, un, you can overestimate what you can do in a month and underestimate what you can do in a decade. And I think when you think about goals as having an end, you know, like I reached that goal, like that, that doesn't really seem to exist when you're doing anything. And so I always sort of focus on the, you know, things I can get done, things I can get done in a day and things like that are sort of much larger goals. Like the, the big, you know, the big goal with the assembly and hopefully with the future of it is, is to shift people's mindsets around how they can think about their own health and wellness and how to build a true health and wellness community that is inclusive, that sort of allows for, no like radical like self appreciation and self love and and to sort of help women especially but men too sort of like take ownership uh and take and prioritize you know their own like health and wellness and figuring out what that looks like and owning the story of what that feels like um for themselves so like the big goal is that but the goals along the way are you know to open up this space to have a fitness program that works to have members who come in every day and enjoy the space and feel like they're actually getting something out of it and have a team. I mean, one of my most important goals here is to have a team that works with me on this that is that feels not burnt out by working in a health and wellness space that likes that enjoys um, that enjoys what they do and feels like they are um, believe in the mission and the vision of this place. That's really interesting that you bring up that you want the team to enjoy what they do because I know as someone who works in health and fitness myself it's really easy for a lot of my friends and family to assume that, you know, I spend all day working out and drinking smoothies and getting massages and like mm -hmm. being my best, healthiest self. But actually I spend like, you know, 10 hours a day in front of a computer screen. And sometimes my watch yells at me because I haven't moved enough for the day. And it's really easy to overwork yourself. 
even though your main objective is to help others live a healthier, more well-rounded life. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, you know, rarely sort of am home before nine at night and usually get here about, you know, seven, seven thirty in the morning. Um, and, and it is hard. I mean, there's a ton of work that goes into this. And when it's something that's sort of is blurring the line between something that you really love and something that is a job, it's important to, um, to always also realize that, you know, the team is, passionate about this uh and also you know needs to be able to take care of themselves so you know we really encourage our team to sort of pop down and take classes in the middle of the day get outside and go for a walk around the block if they're feeling frustrated like build those you know build a schedule that works for them as well to make sure that they are still you know doing the things that prioritize themselves because you know running a running a seven day a week space is 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 a lot of hard physical work too and you know, when I look at the companies that that are big that I admire the most, um, you know, they prioritize culture before anything else. And at the end of the day, like the hundreds of members that come through the doors here, like I am not the person that is greeting them every single day and saying hi and giving them the hugs. Like the team is the stewards of that. The team are the people that are the forward face that are connecting and the instructors as well. The instructors and our practitioners are the, fo- are the folks that are really sort of becoming like the full embodiment of the assembly. And also just sort of as like a leader, it's important to me that, that the team feels, you know, that they have the power and the autonomy to make decisions. It should never be, the decision should not be made like, hey, whether or not Molly like will like this or not like this, but there should be a clear enough understanding of what the assembly is. The answer is always like, is it right for the assembly? And like anyone on the team could be able to answer that. Um, you know, do we always get there? No, but like something that we're working on, it's something that I'm working on as a um, as a first time CEO as well. Yeah, that's really interesting how all of that culture really trickles down from the top. But once you clearly define it, it's possible for everybody to buy in. Um, so I want to go back to when you were actually planning the assembly. What were your goals when you were building and designing the space? Because I know that space, that church is so unique and you guys really worked with some amazing designers to bring a really specific vision to life, it seems like. So I'd love to hear more about that process and why the church in the first place? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, you know, my business partner and I looked around at a bunch of different spaces in and around San Francisco and sort of the area around it, thinking, you know, about the about the buildings we were looking at, but also just sort of about the ideal sort of like place we could fit in into people's lives. And so you know, when we started narrowing in on that and saying, hey, we want it to be a place where people would like to come on the weekends and might be able to sort of swing through between where they work and where they live and, you know, find a place that's pretty like centrally located in, in the city like San Francisco, which is not very big, but it's getting harder and harder to get around because of, you know, traffic and all of that and construction. So, you know, we took a lot of those things into account when we chose sort of where in the city we wanted to be. Uh, the church was sort of like randomly fell into our lap. My co-founder found it just on a website that was advertising uh, office space. And so when we walked in, we just sort of fell in love pretty instantly. It's a pretty magical space. And we saw a lot of potential there. And we know that we, we had known that we were probably going to work with, you know, a design team that was a little sort of unorthodox probably for us to choose. They've never done a commercial space before. They've never um, worked in a building of this size, but you know, we had known them for a little while and were really impressed with the work that they had done. So their names are Sarah and Rich Combs. Their business is called um, the Joshua Tree House. And they had you know, moved from San Francisco down to Joshua Tree a couple of years ago and sort of started opening up these Airbnb homes that 
became incredibly popular, really hard to get into, but you know, mostly because we knew that they just had an incredible like passion and clear vision about about the spaces that they create. Um, and they, you know, they they have created a sort of a brand and a conversation within their brand just around honoring this, the little details in your life and making time for ritual when you're doing small things. And you know, some of the things that they wanted to do within the space, we were just like, that's just not going to be possible. You know, they were like in coffee, like all of it will be like Chemexes, and I was like, we are not no one cup of coffee cannot take five minutes and so like you know those are the sorts of things that we ended up negotiating on and finding the right like no no we need like a real industrial coffee maker that like is going to be able to like make coffee for 100 really quickly but um but you know other little things that i think people really care about when they see the design work is little things like changing all the outlets out to be brass plated and changing all the light switches to have that sort of like super tactile old push button feel and every single pillow is handpicked and then they also you know, helped us sort of carry a relationship with a bunch of different local female artists um, to create pieces for the space. Because what we wanted is that you just step in and you immediately feel like you're stepping away from whatever it is you wanted to leave behind. Um, the city, cities like these are stressful and hard to live in. And there's enough going on out there in the world that is really important for you to spend, for us to spend our energy on. And at the same time, the only way that we can continue to do that is when we make time to take care of ourselves. And so we wanted sort of from the moment you walk in, it to be a space that felt like you were taking care of you. Uh, and that's something that we hear, thankfully, hear a lot from folks. So we thought about how it sounds and the soundtrack and the smells, of course, the way the light comes in and just uh, every piece of it um, was really carefully chosen. You know, it does have sort of like a Southwestern desert vibe that we know also like definitely resonates with a lot of us who think about planning our next vacation all the time. And we want to, it to be a place where you don't have to plan a vacation to come in. Like you... Your vacation is right here. You don't need to always be as, like aspiring for that weekend getaway you've got in six months. Like, come in today, take a seat, take a like a pause for a minute, get a cup of tea, you know, take a breather. I love that, and I love that point you just made about you know not wanting to always escape because you've got a little slice of paradise that you can get to easily every single day. And I think that's so important in helping our society be a little more mindful and a little more grateful in the present moment. So that's really insightful on your end. I also want to hear a little bit more about the space and the community and how you think the physical design of the assembly and the members within it help your members achieve their goals. Yeah. So, you know, when we designed the space with them, with Sarah and Rich, we thought about sort of like the main grand clubhouse space at, in sort of like as like seven different living rooms. We wanted it to feel incredibly homey. You felt relaxed when you walk in. And also it was designed to really encourage people to interact with each other. You know, it does not look like you're walking into like another co-working space where it's just big, long tables and everyone has headphones on and you're just locked into what you're doing. We encourage collaboration in everything that we do. We, you know, also we equip our team with, you know, a lot of, of training and conversations around how to sort of introduce folks to each other, how to learn a tidbit or two about anyone who walks in the door. And then if they want to, like, make sure they meet someone else in the space. So certainly, listen, we are trained to stop, to put blinders on when we leave our house, to not make eye contact with anyone we don't know, to not talk to strangers, like to never like start up conversation. And this is, we really want to do the opposite here, you know, obviously within a safe space, within confines, within mostly being women, that, uh, that we really encourage folks to like really talk to each other. And so the things that we've seen 
um, in terms of members sort of striving towards their goals are really helpful when you've got someone else who just feel like is just unequivocally like on your side and cheering for you. And so, you know, some of the goals we help people reach, like some of them are certainly fitness and health and wellness. And so we do have, you know, some, a lot of our classes are strength training classes and, you know, that's the sort of thing that women like don't like voluntarily walk into all that much. And so we try to make them really welcoming and, you know, talk through every new member about sort of like what classes to start with and what sort of instructor might be the right instructor for her to start with. Um, and we'll like make sure she gets into those first few classes so that when she does start feeling stronger, she realizes that it's because she's like made a commitment to herself to do that. So, you know, we, you know, a lot of folks have sort of gotten towards health and wellness goals. We hear a lot of people are like, Hey, I haven't worked out in 10 years and I don't feel good about it. And I'm nervous and it's scary. And so we try to strip as much of that away as possible. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's your own body. You have to make the right decisions for what you feel comfortable doing, but we want to sort of strip away a lot of the external stuff that I think that makes it really intimidating to try a new workout. And then in terms of, you know, professional goals, we, we you know have a ton of entrepreneurs in the space and have just sort of watched them really like build each other up. And I think, you know, so much of what we hear or, or how we're sort of trained to think about things like entrepreneurship or business or work is that it's a zero sum game. Like if she gets that, that means there's less of it for me. If she's get, if she is in that level of success, like that just means that like, I'm not going to be able to get there because that slot has been taken. And that sort of mentality is something that we, you know, that I really try to um, try to fight against because I don't think it's true. And I think that there's like ample opportunity out there and, you know, the rising tides lift all ships is like pretty, you know, frequently used these days, but I've been a huge believer in that. And so, you know, I meet with as many of the entrepreneurs in the space who want to, and I sit down and I've talked with them about the businesses that they're building and we'll introduce them and introduce them to potential investors and even people who didn't want to invest in me, you know, maybe they want to invest in these companies. And, you know, I think like anything, like having a mentality like that takes like you diligently telling yourself that, like, you know, looking at Instagram and being like, just because that person plays her thing has the thing that I think that I want does not mean that I cannot have it also. And so that sort of like abundance mentality is something that um, we try to bring to the way that we interact with our members, the way we introduce folks to each other. And then finally, you know, I think something that is probably like talked about even less is people who have like social goals, who are shy, who are nervous about making new friends, who are nervous about even saying out loud that they're interested in making new friends. Actually, just last night, I had a you know, a little one-year anniversary dinner with some of the members who joined before we even opened. And, you know, we were chatting about sort of, you know, things that they've accomplished in the past year. And multiple of them were like, hey, I'm just a more confident person because I come into this space every day and I feel like, you know, I've like stripped away some of my anxiety and I've stripped away some of my like protections I put up around myself just because I have this place I can walk into and feel welcome and feel at home. And the team is always there to greet me. And then, you know, that help makes, makes it easier for me to like say hi to someone or, you know, meet someone if I see them in class a few times. And I think all of that stuff is easy to say on paper and easy to say it's something that you want to do, but really watching it come to life and watching it actually happen has been pretty incredible for me and something that I think we want to make sure that we are able to maintain uh, as, as we grow. It's different when we have 100 members and 500 members. So you can't see me because we're recording this on the internet. <laughs> I was just nodding along so hard during everything you just said, because a lot of that lines up so perfectly with what our objectives and mission are at A Sweat Life. Um, you know, there have been a million times where Gina, our founder and CEO, before one of our events, she does the incredibly awkward thing where she makes us all introduce ourselves to 
to a stranger and talk to them for a couple of minutes yeah. before we start the event. So, and that was another, that was one of the reasons we started having events in the first place was because we realized people wanted to try the classes that we were writing about and, you know, trying all over Chicago, but they were scared to go by themselves. And we realized that it became a lot easier for people to try new things once they had a buddy by them, by their side. And once they were there, it became even easier to, you know, make a new friend who was also in that same awkward situation. Um, and I also love that you mentioned social goals as a thing too, uh, aside from the professional and fitness, because it is kind of hard to make friends as an adult, uh, especially, you know, once you hit that late twenties, early thirties, where a lot of your friends are married or have moved or just circumstances have changed, but that doesn't mean you don't still need a close group of female friends around you. So I think that's amazing that the assembly is focused on that and that your team is really focused on helping cultivate those social relationships. Yeah. You know, I think there's also, uh, we want to instill like a real sense of like fun and play in that too. And, you know, a little bit of an adventurous nature of wanting to try new things. You know, we take folks on backpacking trips and camping trips and surfing and just like the, the getting, the getting the physical activity um, doesn't have to always look the same. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, being in a place, especially right now in San Francisco, you know, the great outdoors is easy to get to, but, you know, I, I also really believe in like the restorative nature of being outside. So we try to get, we try to get women outside as much as possible. Absolutely. So switching gears a little bit, a sweat life is primarily a women run business and a lot of our core, you know, group event attendees and our ambassadors are mostly female. So we often get asked whether guys are welcome at our events or can guys apply to be one of our ambassadors. And I imagine that you guys get similar questions about whether guys are ever allowed to visit. So I'm curious about how you think about the role of men in the assembly. At the assembly, we love it when men um, want to come meet us where we're at in our conversation. We've got men on our team. We have male instructors. We've got men in the space every single day as visitors and guests and business partners and meetings and spouses and dates. You know, we, our goal was to create a space that was safe and welcoming for women to really have conversations about their health and wellness. But we also want to have a place where people can bring whatever relation that they need to have into the space. And so, and I also think that if you're building a business, like it's just not possible to say, think that you can do that without interacting with men at all. It is, it, it is, has been really interesting to see what it is like to just have sort of like all women's energy in a space at all times. There's been a few events that we've done that have had sort of like a majority of men at them. And it, like, it really does, like the air changes, like the whole place changes. You know, I think that as women, you know, we're trained to sort of like take up less space and sort of speak up for us less, ourselves less and always be being super mindful of what's around us. And then you sort of like bring a bunch of men in and they're like, oh my God, these men have like no idea like how much space they take up or like how like awareness of their bodies or like any of that stuff, which is it's interesting because it's, you know, not the norm within this space, but it's always curious to sort of see how they interact. And also our bathrooms are one is ladies and the other one says toilet. And so they just never know where to go to the bathroom, which just provides me with some humor, but <laughs> they, they figure it out. Um, so, you know, we do have, we do always have men in here and we do get a lot of questions about it. You know, we get a lot of Instagram DMs and about, you know, people asking if they can bring men through. And we always say, yes, of course. Like we love to have men see what it feels like to enter a space that is not male dominated because so many of the spaces that we are in are that, you know, I think also, you know, my hope is to help women 
you know, feel the level of security and comfort that they feel here as much as they can in the outside world as well. You know, I'm always maybe to a point where it gets annoying, like reminding my team and reminding the people that like around me to like, don't apologize when you didn't do anything wrong. Like make sure, like reread your email before you send it out. Did you apologize for something that you did not need to apologize for? Like, please don't. (laughs) And, you know, sometimes when it's like women getting ready for an event, you can just hear this like cacophony of sorry. It's like, sorry, sorry, sorry. And you're just like, taking up space. And I was like, really, like, sometimes I just have to call people out and be like, no, none of you need to be apologizing right now. Like, all you're doing is like, moving into a crowded workout studio together, we're all going to go have an amazing workout. And if you bump into someone like no one has to say sorry, you can say, excuse me, you can say like, hi, any of that. But, you know, just this like, instinct, this like, gut like reaction that we just apologize for everything. And so, you know, I think being really aware of things like that in an all women's space has been something that I don't think I quite realized, like how, how much that would be visible, but at the same time, you know, we do, we do want men to come in and we do enjoy it when men, uh, when men are around. What women inspire you since you're surrounded by women in a women's spoken space all the time? Yeah. I mean, so many women inspire me. I really, you know, being in San Francisco, I certainly think a lot about um, like other female CEOs and and women out in this space. Um, So, you know, I like, there's women like Katrina Lake of Stitch Fix, I think she's done an incredible job. Um, Arlen Hamilton is a venture capital, uh, a woman of venture capital who's just like broken down a ton of barriers. I'm super inspired by them. You know, always women athletes, like, you know, I'm sure like Serena Williams is probably your most <laughs> frequently at answer question. And then, you know, I also, I, you know, I read and follow a ton of women journalists and writers online who are just sort of like out there making their voices heard. Um, this woman named Anne Helen Peterson, I really enjoy reading the call your girlfriend ladies, you know, I think like just the people who are out, um, you know, saying their two cents and, and just unapologetically being themselves are sort of the things that I, that I admire. You know, I also have just, you know, really admire the women that we have, you know, here in this space every day, especially the ones who are, you know, moms and entrepreneurs and sort of like managing their families and just doing work they're really passionate about. You know, San Francisco is a city where, you can just tell yourself that the only people around are in the tech scene. And then doing this has really opened my eyes to all the different ways that people are sort of making it work in a city that's hard to make it work in. And that's not San Francisco specific. I think so many of these cities, I'm sure Chicago is the same way. Like it just, every year it feels a little harder to make life work in it. And there are women who are teachers and work in nonprofits and raise families and just like building things that they feel incredibly passionate about. We've got one woman who um, is building, you know, like two tables sitting next to each other. One woman's building like a non-toxic bug spray and one woman's building a keyboard that is specifically focused on women in India who have never used computers before. And like those are just like two examples of entrepreneurs downstairs. And that has just been been incredibly inspiring. That That's amazing. Uh, I cannot wait to see more of what the people at the assembly come up with. You know, it, that's a good reminder what you were saying just then about how success looks different you know, in different cities to different people and in different industries. Uh, and I think it's important to recognize that you've had a really great success already with the assembly. You've got several hundred members. You haven't even been open a full year yet. So I want to know what you attribute that success to and what your plans are for the next several years of the assembly. Yeah, I mean, I um, attribute the success of the assembly Primarily to the fact that, you know, what I think that I knew in my heart is that even if I wasn't great at sort of getting getting a pitch out of my mouth in one sentence or putting, you know, a one-liner down or a piece of paper that would make sense to anyone who 
um, was a traditional sort of like investor that I just saw so clearly that I was like, these women are going to want this space. And the space doesn't look like anything else that's out there. And it's not sort of like one step away from, you know, this, that, or the other place. Like it's a bunch of steps away. And just because it doesn't fit into like the exact box of any other place doesn't make it a bad idea. You know, I think I, it took me really truly like building something that didn't work in the app to understand um, how much to, to try to really listen to myself and to sort of create this thing that, that I saw even, even despite the fact that it was different, you know, like making something that's different is challenging. It's not just an imitation of something that is around the corner that maybe is some different marketing around it. Um, but I think that that is a testament to the fact that people really wanted something like this, that people are looking for ways to engage with their own health and wellness and ways to explore that and ways to build community in it. And it doesn't have to be like an incredibly high end, only for the rich people of the world space. Like it's, it's the rest of us. It's like so many of us who just want those things um, without having to be, you know, able to afford everything on Goop, you know, Gwen is this woman I admire, but like some of that stuff is, it's challenging to think about ever getting there, but we all want to live those sorts of lifestyles. Like, can we make that attainable? And so I think, you know, the success of sort of seeing the need and, and trying to figure out the way to make that work as a business within that space. You know, my hope really is to expand that, is to open up more spaces and to build this community to be much, much larger than this. Um, but I do try to stay really as present and grateful for what we have here as possible. Something that uh, Ty Haney from Outdoor Voices says that she does every morning is just take 30 grateful breaths. And I try to do it. And sometimes it's even hard to do that, but just try to like take a pause before I look at my phone, before I do anything else. Uh, and just breathe 30 times, like thinking about how grateful I am for this. Well, before I let you go, and before I officially let my boss know that I'm relocating to San Francisco, <laughs> joining the assembly, I want to make sure to get in our last question, which is what's a big goal you have in the future? Why is it important? And how are you planning to get there? Yeah. Um, a big goal I have in the future is to build the assembly to be a, a brand and a conversation that helps as many women as possible feel ownership and pride and a true commitment to their health and wellness in a way that they are not able to do with the tools that they have right now. How I hope to get there is, you know, inch by inch, day by day, building this, um, building this company that we have here, uh, trying to find ways to get into other places, talk to women who are not in San Francisco bring the assembly experience outside of, you know, these four walls um, and really, really make it a larger conversation than that. And I hope to, you know, have some fun while I'm doing it and learn a lot and just meet a lot of incredible people. And I think that it's, it's a business and a community that has a real like humanity and human touch to it. And I never want to lose that. Well, I love that. And I cannot wait to see where the assembly goes next and hopefully get a chance to visit it myself someday and enjoy the community and all the inspiration and hard work you've put into it so molly thank you so much for coming on we got goals thank you so much hey goal getters this is cindy kuzma just wanted to let you know that we are about to share a goal from one of you our listeners if you would like to fill this slot on an upcoming episode all you have to do is sit down and record a voice memo. You can do it on your phone or your computer. Tell us what is a big goal you've accomplished and how you got there. Tell us about a goal you have for the future and how you plan to get there. Or 
give us your best goal-getting tip. Email it to me at cindy at sweatlife.com and you might hear yourself on an upcoming episode. Now, here is you and one of your goals. Yeah, I said I'll be on the road. I'll be back. I'm just reaching for a goal. So don't be upset when I'm not... Erica Agrin from Chicago. Following other people's plans to achieve a goal does not work for me. So, for instance, running a marathon based on somebody else's training plan or training strategy... Um, or, you know, trying to accomplish a goal based on somebody else's, um, you know, intentions or the way they did it does not work for me. I have to do it my way. Well, I moved to Chicago in 2006, and I started training with people in Chicago who had a very different approach, much more rigorous and um, rigid than mine, and I realized that I'm better off and my body is better off just, um, you know, doing the plan that I did before, which was a little more loose um, than what people here were doing, and then also just not to try and accomplish uh, marathon times based on other people, you know, what other people could do. Um, I, you know, I, I can't really explain what my, tra- my training strategy is. It's very different than most people's. Um, it's more based on, you know, my past experience and what's worked for me. Um, I don't usually share it because... It's not, it's not that formal. I've run 47 marathons, so I know I can do it my way. Yeah, I said I'll be on the road. I'll be back. I'm just reaching for a goal. So don't be upset when I'm not around. Just know I'll be back, so no need to frown. This podcast is a SweatLife.com production, and it's another thing that's better with friends. So please share it with yours. You can subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts including on Spotify. And if you get a chance to leave us a rating or review while you're at it, we would really appreciate it. Special thanks to Jay Mono for our theme music, to our guest this week, Molly Goodson, to Kathy Lai for editing, Tech Nexus for the recording studio, and of course, thanks most of all to you, our listeners.